Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There is so much to talk about. I don't even know where to start, but start we will and start we will with the Colts. Optimism everywhere with the Colts. It's really interesting, though. They were 9-8 and eight last year. You look at them and you say, ah, oh, this is a 10-win team. With all the upgrades that the Colts have made, why are predictions at 10 wins rather than like 12? Why aren't we really optimistic? Why are we so cynical about the Indianapolis Colts and their ascension to the top of the AFC South and maybe even the AFC? Why so cynical? I'll tell you why so cynical. The Indiana Pacers, I'm not sure that Kevin Pritchard really knows what the meaning of the word aggressive is. They are not aggressive. They have stood pat. Now, maybe you can get aggressive. You can get aggressive all of a sudden and have things fall into place, but the Pacers have done squat. They didn't move in the draft, and they haven't moved in free agency. Other teams have, obviously. We'll talk about that. And UFC, UCLA, jumping from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten. Why did they go? It's an easy answer. We'll talk about that and who might be next. This is Breakfast with Ken for Friday, July 1st, 2022. We're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Wow, do they do great work. If you're looking for a plumber who's going to take your problem and turn it into a solution, take that net negative in your plumbing and make it a positive, all you have to do is call 765 610 8809. Jared Johnson's the best. He's worked here three times. We absolutely love what he's done for our home. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Smash that subscribe button. Hit the like button. We're looking for 258 likes today. So as you watch, hit the like. Very nice of you. And if you want to donate, you can donate. All right, let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts have upgraded at quarterback with Matt Ryan, at edge with Yannick Ngakwe, at cornerback, Stephon Gilmore over Rocky Seen. Good Lord, right? They got upgrades all over the place. They have the best running back in the game. They have a good wide receiver in Michael Pittman Jr., you know, Almost 90 catches, almost 1,100 yards. That's pretty good. You got a lot going on that's pretty good for this team. So why so dour 
about predictions. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why it's smart to slow your roll just a little bit and tap the brakes. Thank you, Trucking Across America. Thanks for your Colts news every day. I'm a truck driver. I watch you every day to get my Colts news. That's wonderful. Makes me feel great. I really appreciate that. Here are some reasons for cynicism. All right? We thought the same thing about the Colts. I did. I'm not going to bring you into it, but I did. I thought in 2015, man, this team is on the precipice of a long run of Super Bowl-quality rosters that could get uh, a ring, two rings, over the next three, four years. That wound up being crazy stupid. I predicted they were going to win 13 regular season games. I said, if they don't, I'm dyeing my hair white. Guess what? My hair was white before, I, I think it was the middle of October, they had already lost their fourth game. <laughs> and I looked like a moron. I looked like, who is the, uh, the blonde guy in Scooby-Doo? It was ridiculous. Uh, regardless. We learned our lesson in 2015. We no longer make bets like that. Over the last seven seasons, the Indianapolis Colts, including the postseason, are 58 and 58. It is really hard to move that inertia, that mediocrity, and move it forward. It's also really, really hard to go from bad to good, right? Getting out of the bad, we know that because we watch the Chicago Bears, we watch Cleveland Browns. It's really hard to go from bad to good. We watch the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had that one year, that one anomalous year, right? It's really hard. They are a 500 franchise. Chris Ballard, and this goes back two years before Ballard, right? He's 42 and 42 overall. Colts 58 and 58. Uh, They are built differently than most other teams. Chris Ballard is absolutely, like, uh, intractable about building in the trenches first and then the exterior. The Colts haven't spent a first-round draft pick on a wide receiver since 2015, and that was at the end of the first round, and that was Philip Dorsett, which was a mistake, obviously. Um, Pay, Nelson, Kelly, they are the only first-rounders drafted by the Colts. First-rounders were dealt for uh, DeForest Buckner, Carson Wentz, And uh, they traded out of the first round another year and wound up netting the second-round pick that wound up being the 34th overall pick that was spent on Michael Pittman Jr., who's really kind of a a talent at the level you would like to get in the first round. So that's not bad. How about the 2019 draft? We talk about the 18 draft, which was spectacular for the Colts. You get Nelson, Leonard, Braden Smith. Uh, The list goes on and on. 2018 was a superior draft for the Colts. 2019 was god-awful. It takes a long time. They say that blowing... Gil Brandt always says blowing a first-round draft pick is going to set your franchise back five years. Well, blowing an entire draft is going to set you back how how far? Long time. Here's the draft. Rocky Yassine, Ben Banigou, Paris Campbell, Bobby O'Karake, Kari Willis, Marvell Tell, E.J. Speed, uh, Gerald Green, Barton, and Patterson. The total approximate value of that draft. All those guys, all 10 of those guys combined, an approximate value of 48. 
Just to put it in context, the approximate value of Quentin Nelson alone is 50. The approximate value of Darius Leonard alone is 54. That entire draft, and you lose Kari Willis. He retires early. He contributed 12 of those points to the 48. That was an absolutely terrible draft from Chris Ballard, and it set the franchise back, back, back. They don't have the depth that they would have if that draft had yielded anywhere near what the 2018 draft did. If you put two of those together, if you have two drafts like you had in 2018, you got a chance to win a championship. You look at the Chicago Bears of the 80s, the 82 draft, the 83 draft, the 84 draft, really put the, the Bears in a position to win that 85 championship. 2021, look, it's early. But that draft was terrible so far. Uh, you hope that it's going to look better as you move on. Their approximate value, a total of nine, and Quiddy Pay counted seven toward that. Dio Odangbo, Uno. <clears throat> you got to get more, and you knew when you drafted Odangbo that it was going to be a time deal. It was going to take time for him to really, because he was coming off that Achilles tear. First round grade, Achilles tear dropped him into the latter part of the second round, so you pick him up as a bargain pick, a potential pick, and you hope that it winds up bearing fruit, right? This year, that'd be great. We'd like that. If you're going to draft depth pieces for the trenches, they have got to pay off. You can't miss on those. If you're going to take a second rounder and throw that into a guy like Odangbo, you must hit. Because if you don't, teams behind you will have taken a wide receiver with whom they can win a championship. You can't miss on depth pieces in the second round. You can't, you can't, you can't. Komoko Ture, Ben Banigou, the list goes on. Those are the reasons <clears throat> why being cynical a little bit about the Colts and their prospects for 2022, really kind of smart, right? I like to be optimistic. I like to err on the side of positivity. So I'm talking about the Colts winning the AFC South like they already did it. Might wind up looking foolish again, but that's the fun of being a sports fan. I don't mean to pour, like, you know, sour milk on your cereal this morning. I don't want to do that. But we got about, what, three and a half weeks until the opening of camp. The rookies report on the 23rd, and and let's get going. But let's understand what this team is. And, and what really prompted me to look at it in this way is what I, I've gotten back in comments. Chris Ballard ranked 11th among general managers, and these rankings are ridiculous. We know that. But people are saying, you're out of your mind. He's in the top three. I, I've got him third. Well, that's craziness. There's no evidence to support that kind of love being thrown toward Chris Ballard. I like Chris Ballard. I think he's a good general manager. I think he's put together a good front office and he's trying to build through culture, and I like that. I dig it. Chris Ballard, nice guy. However, you don't put him in the top three of GMs in the NFL. He didn't want, he's won, this is sixth year. He's won one playoff game, and he's a 500 GM. We hope for the best, 
but we have seen no evidence. Look, in those six years, six different opening day starters at quarterback. What are we doing? It can't be that that crazy optimistic. Pacers quiet. I, I don't think that Kevin Pritchard knows what I or what aggressive means. Uh, and it, I think he was way too aggressive with Miles Turner. Given a choice between Miles Turner and Bobby Portis, I take Bobby Portis ten times out of ten. Bobby Portis just signed four years, forty-nine million dollars. You don't have to be a math major to see that's twelve and a quarter million dollars per year. Miles Turner keeps cashing checks at the rate of $18 million a year, and I don't know why. I'd rather have Portis. Uh, Kevin Durant wants out of Brooklyn. Is there any chance he comes to Indianapolis? He seems like a guy who would like it here. You can be famous in Indianapolis and live your life like a human being, right? You don't need to, like, put up walls and run around in disguises or whatnot to keep from being harassed. Peyton Manning lived here as a normal guy. Kevin Durant could do that, but do the Pacers have what it takes to go get a guy like that? Would Kevin Durant want to play for a team that is in the middle of a rebuild? I would rank the the Pacers' ability to go get a guy like Kevin Durant at about 23rd in the uh, NBA behind, like, Sacramento. Brooklyn, you rank him behind Brooklyn because that's where he's leaving. Uh, there are other t- Detroit, he isn't going to Detroit. He isn't going to Atlanta, I don't think. It looks like Phoenix, and that's a problem for the Pacers because it would have been nice to go get a guy like DeAndre Ayton in a sign-in trade. That would have been good. A sign-in trade between the Nets and the Suns gets complicated because you can't bring in Ayton to the Nets as long as Kyrie Irving is still on the roster. So that becomes weird. You can only have two, like, Supermax guys on the roster at the same time if they were both acquired via trade. Like I said, it gets complicated. Um, We'll see what they do. Uh, Free agent news yesterday, Booker, Jokic, uh, Morant, Carl Anthony Towns, all signing Supermax deals at over $50 million a year. And it's only going to get crazier. What do you do with over $50 million a year? I don't even understand that level of money. I don't get it. And, And what you do when you pay somebody that amount of money is you weaponize them really against your own franchise if they don't know how to handle that level of compensation, right? And we, we've seen it with Kyrie Irving. We've seen it with, with Harden and with Simmons and with, with Durant. When you pay guys that much money, what you tend to do is put the tail in charge of the dog. And, and that's not the way an unemployment arrangement should work. Um, why did USC and UCLA leave the Pac-12? I've, I've been asked this question about a dozen and a half times over the last 18 hours. How about the speed with which that story moved, right? We went from, what was it, about 1.30 yesterday? You got the tweet, if you follow the guy from the Mercury News, and whap, within eight hours... You get a release from the Big Ten saying that all of the Big Ten presidents voted unanimously to welcome UCLA and USC to the Big Ten. That thing moved with warp speed. Zoom. We're in the Zoom age, right? Um, USC, UCLA coming aboard because of cash. Uh, Pac-12, 
payout to Pac-12 schools, uh, according to reports, $34.4 million. Uh, most recently in the Big Ten, 57.2. And the new media deals are going to drive Big Ten uh, distributions to over $100 million per year per school. That's media. Wow. And in the shakeup, it's not even close to complete. UNC Notre Dame, maybe next for the Big Ten. The SEC, they're going to go hard after Florida State and Clemson. The the way this thing's shaken out is that the SEC and the Big Ten are going to be the giant conferences, the super conferences, and then the uh, Pac-12, Big 12, and ACC are going to wander and drift and not disappear, but they're going to become second-tier conferences. That's just the way it works. That's the economics of college sports as we know it today. Um, <clears throat> those, those two schools, does it make sense? You can make the travel work. It's going to be all right. No football team is going to have to go to L.A. more than once a year. Uh, most teams in other sports, like you can, you can pair up games. Basketball, you can go play USC and UCLA. You can play at those schools the same weekend. It's all going to work out. Don't worry about the kids. The schools don't. I don't know why you would. Cubs won last night 15-7. Christopher Morell, 5 for 5. I love that kid. He's fun to watch play. He plays with enthusiasm. Do what you do with enthusiasm. Enjoy what you do. And even if you don't enjoy it, pretend you enjoy it. And, and the day goes by quicker. And you're going to do a better job. Easy. Uh, Greg Coleman, happy birthday. Michelle Yoder Crane, happy birthday. Brett Briscoe, happy birthday. Peter Curlis, Jim McCoy, Kevin Cook, Scott Springer, Greg Fullhart, John Stewart, Bill Gerald's, and David Berryhill. No relation to Damon Berryhill, the former sluggo catcher from the Chicago Cubs of the late 80s, early 90s. Um, if today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment. What that means is lift each other up, be good to each other, treat each other well, and everybody's lifted. If we concentrate on improving our society in the micro, instead of worrying so much about the macro, things become simple and better. Have a great weekend. Enjoy yourself inside Indiana Sports today. A little bit later this afternoon because the Pacers Summer League, they got to work out today. Media availability with head coach Ronald Norred and players at about 3 this afternoon. So we'll do it after that in all likelihood unless news breaks. Uh, Bulletins at once on the YouTube channel where news always comes first. Breakfast with Kent. Let's go. Have a great day. Enjoy yourself. Some work being done next door. How about that? Auction going on. We like that. We love to see it. Uh, Have a great day. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. 
Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.